Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We're back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And what are we doing today? We are riding our wrongs. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, like we've discussed, when we just fell off the face of the planet, <laughs> this is what happens, guys. I work with two Enneagram 7s on this podcast, and this things like this take place when you work with 7s, okay? They're like, wow. they're like, let's just do this. Blame it on us, JD. Like, let's just do that. Like, wow. oh, it's fine. I'm like, hey, shouldn't we say something? Like, no, they're, they're fine. They're probably out on vacation like we are. Oh, my God. Anyways, point is, is we were supposed, we've told y'all, we were supposed to say, hey, we're taking a break. Um, the porch, you know, the views in the porch is not sharing any views these days. And the reason why is because we're going to rest. Still got him, just not sharing. We're going to rest. And so here's an episode on rest. That's kind of what we did. We're like, we like made this podcast really good one. Oh yeah, it was great. It's money. Oh yeah. And they're about to listen to it. Yeah. It's about rest and Sabbath. And so we were like, man, that was so quality. Like let's give let's, it to them. Let's give them what they want. And it and may so, say on there, hey, we're about to go on a break, which yeah. is not true. We, we we went on a break. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Whatever it says, just remember that that is not present. This is just, I think this is really good for any person right now um, just to hear what God, how he cares about rest and Sabbath and all the different things. So hope you enjoy this podcast episode on rest. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And John David Rogers. What's up? And for the very first time, introducing to you, Mr. Grant Trey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is good to be here. Hey, dude. Welcome, bro. Grant is uh, going to lead a ministry in Branson, Missouri at Linkier, which is a ministry of Kanika uh, camps, I guess you would say, but a gap year program, shepherding. They also have a basketball program. Grant's, Grant can play ball, um, but that's neither here nor there. And he's jumping. <laughs> he's been on our team and uh, and was hanging out. And I was like, bro, jump on here with us and let's figure out what we're talking about. So thanks for being Pumped here. Pumped to be here, man. What are we talking about? Yeah, today we're talking about how everyone needs a break. Mm. We all need a break. I don't care who you are. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how good you are at your work. Nope. You're like, not me. I'm an extrovert. I like to go, go, go. That's who I am. Nope, nope, nope. Everyone needs a break. The idea of rest, the importance of rest, the Bible would even refer to it as a Sabbath. Yep. And so I think just starting right off the bat, David, uh, explain what the Bible, what is a Sabbath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does it align with rest? I think... I think, you know, so to bring everybody listening into our latest conversations, I think this is a value that we're trying to reheat, or at least I know we've been talking a lot about on our staff of how do we run at a sustainable pace? What's healthy rhythms? What does that look like? And um, because God has a lot to say about Sabbath, as we can talk about here in a second. But I think by and large, culturally speaking, we're all a little bit deluded on this. Like as Americans, studies have even shown how we are some of the worst rested, most stressed out people on the planet. Like, um, by that, I mean, 
the average American worker works significantly more hours a week than almost any other country that's on the planet. Yeah, there's some countries where like nap time is in the middle of the day. Siesta. Yeah, like you're supposed to like, everyone goes home and takes a nap. Yes. So my hot take is I think we should only work four days a week, but there's that. Mm. New York Times came out and said Americans are not only some of the most overworked individuals, 67% work more than 40 hours a week. We also are very prone to not take vacation. We take some of the least amount of vacation. So we work some of the most hours, least amount of vacation, even the term. Like think about when you interact with somebody, you never hear somebody go, or if you were asking how their life is and they responded like, man, I feel like things are going good. Like I'm running at a really sustainable pace. Mm. Yep. You would almost go, this brother's lazy, man. You're not doing anything not, important. Yes. Like get some drive. Yep. And, uh, and we're, so we're all probably at some level diluted in this. And, uh, and so that's led us even on our team to begin to go like, how do we run in a sustainable pace and realize that God's got it that he doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need anything that we do and anything that we do partake in with him is just a chance to, to partner with the one who ultimately is the born who changes hearts, changes lives, is keeping all things together. And so- But again, why, why if I, I have the drive, I have the ambition, if I am a very go, go, go type of person and I enjoy it, like it truly gives me life, I hate sitting around, I end up pacing- why do I need to like rest? I think those are two different questions from the Sabbath. I think if you don't um, take a break or you don't what rest. What is the well, Sabbath? The Sabbath is uh, biblically was a day that God carved in and it was to create margin that every seventh day you would rest. And Orthodox Jews today are very fanatic about in the ways that that is applied inside of their life. But it was basically God, after he created the earth, he took the seventh day and rested and he wove into the rhythm of creation and life in a way that he was very passionate about to the nation of Israel. I want you to rest. In fact, at different places, he basically says, hey, you have not remembered my Sabbaths, so I'm gonna put you into exile. Like I'm putting you in a timeout because you did not take the time off that I wanted you to. I think he's communicating more and I don't wanna get ahead of ourselves right now. Mm -hmm. But then you fast forward to the New Testament and we understand as Christians that the Sabbath laws that every seventh day you're to take off were always pointing to Jesus. Because in that context, in that culture, it wasn't just that they needed rest or it wasn't just that they needed sleep. In other words, think about the time period in which that law was given. There's no electricity. There's no cell phones. People are sleeping when the, when the sun goes down. I mean, they're getting plenty of rest. In other words, it wasn't just, hey, you're gonna kill yourself if you don't do this. A lot of it was woven to dependence that I want you to back up from the edge of maxing out and trust me with the gap in between that. Does that make sense? That it was basically saying, hey, you could, because at that time, there's no refrigeration. There's no uh, Costco you're going to. There's no Whole Foods. If we don't work, we don't eat. And so to not take advantage of all the opportunities that God has given you to potentially provide food for your family would have been dangerous or crazy. But God was saying, I want you to depend on me, not your ability to provide. So it was communicating something that when you go to the New Testament, we're told in Hebrews chapter four, that Jesus is the ultimate Sabbath, that Jesus is ultimately the one who provides and can give us rest and gives us eternal rest when we rest in him and don't depend on our ability to work for ourselves, but we depend on God and what he did and we rest in him. Does that make sense? So then I think the biblical thing that we're driving at is it's clearly a passion point of God's where over and over he says, hey, I want you to take the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy and to rest. Even in the way that he thought of 
um, crops and grains, God introduced margin. That he just was passionate about margin. What do I mean by that? There's laws, when you read the Old Testament, you'll probably come across them, that talk about how I want you to back up from the edge of all the way that you could in your fields. I don't want you to go all the way to the very edges. I want you to leave basically a area around the very edges. Interesting. And I want you to trust me with that. And that will be both a means of, because they didn't have a, a welfare system. So that was both a means and way to provide for the poor and also a tangible, see that all those corn stocks we didn't take? That's because God said, we're going to trust him with that margin. We're literal margin borders around our crop. So yeah. I think it's communicating dependence, but I, I think over and over we're told uh, or instructed that there's a passion point of God's, which is rhythm and rest. This conversation is so hard, though, because I feel like everything in culture praises the go. So even at work, like you're praised for doing more. You're praised for sacrificing family. If you have a career job, you're praised for sacrificing yourself, your rest. You're respect praised for the hustle. Yeah. yeah, you respect the hustle. And it it is, I think, an American thing. And when I studied abroad in Australia, I loved it because people just didn't have that same drive. They're like, oh yeah, I might go to uni. Uh, not really sure, but <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I know today's yeah, going to be a great day. You know, And it was so, I'm like, wow, what a deep breath. Like people can just take a breath. Yeah. But I feel like we're so trained in this, David, and and guys like to to just go and to move and everything in our culture, our parents, everything is like go, achieve, or you're nothing. Like your worth is almost wrapped up in that. So before we get even like too far, how do we like start to unravel that and and start to appreciate rest? Like what do you do when you're stuck of like this is how I've always functioned? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many things that, that you just brought up that um, the simplest answer would be, and probably the appropriate answer is Jesus. I don't know how you do do it without Jesus. If your identity is wrapped up, what other people think of you, the fear of not being able to provide for my family is so on hold on you that workaholism is usually related to either a fear of, you know, I grew up in an environment where we didn't have much, so I'm going to just, I'm not going back there, or it is, I want to achieve something. It's not even about the money. It's about being seen in a certain way by people, all of which are kind of insecurities and identity problems. So I, I think it does come down to Jesus and to trusting him and to seeing that my identity doesn't have to do with anything that I achieve. It has to do with, with what I've received from mm, him. Wow, that's good. And, uh, yeah, that'll preach. That so you're good. saying that we might not have a rest problem. We might have a trust problem. Oh, no question. Yeah. Because if you, you're communicating when you don't rest that I don't trust that God will provide. Yeah. I, I think I was talking about, so I told you before we started recording, Sabbath rest is a passion point of mine right now. Grant over here. I'm glad he's here. He's holding me accountable. Yep. And I so I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, researching, learning things. And first off, you know, we see God rested on the seventh day. It's so interesting because he's God. And there, I feel like there are very few things that he, he doesn't have to rest. Yeah. Like God does not have to rest. Um, I, to even like really actually think right now, if you're listening about God resting, does he put his arms behind his head? Yeah. Is he in a hammock? Like what's he doing? Like, you know what I mean? Is like the world of volleyball and he's like playing by himself. You know, I don't know what is resting like for God. And, but it must be so important for him to take on a human requirement to show an example, like it, for him to say, look at me, I'm going to do this human needed thing for you to trust that I want you to do that. That's wild. And then the second thing I learned and Grant, like you can speak to this more with 
Grant sent me to Kentucky one time, farmland, and kind of like the whole trim thing too. There was just like this random farm that had no. It grew it out. Yeah, it was all grown out. Yeah, there was like none. The like the farmers hadn't touched it. It was obvious compared to all and like. Wow. Bible times apparently what you told me. Yeah, I think it's in Deuteronomy where God was just like, hey, on the seventh year, you're going to let this whole field rest because I want you to know that I'm the provider. And so back then, like all of their crops, it was on God sending rain. It wasn't like, I got to do this. I got to do this. It was like, okay. Sprinklers. If I, yeah, and no sprinkler system. So <laughs> yeah. it was God that grew your food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on that seventh year, you're going to see that. And your kids are like, well, why are you letting this field? Oh, because God is our provider and he's going to come through. And we're going to give this to him. And I think something beautiful about the Sabbath is like, we don't, God doesn't have to rest. Um, It's just one of those things. He's like, I'm just asking you to do it. Yeah. And I don't really need to explain why you don't really need to know why, but this is one of those things. I want you to trust me and have faith. And I just want you to do it because I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought about Chick-fil-A. Come present, on, present they figured it Sabbath. out, man. Chick-fil-A, they figured it out. you know, like bless they are founded on Christian values and they were like, we're not going to work on Sundays. We want our employees to go to church. Sure. Yeah. And I think God has blessed Chick-fil-A. We, I mean, there's even <laughs> memes. Take. There's secular memes out there that it's like, it's that's the sauce, blessed man. chicken. It's What's the in blessed that sauce? That's <laughs> sauce, man. It's like <laughs> people acknowledge the, you, you, there's not a time of the day where the line isn't out. You know, like the line is so long and they've made it so efficient and God has blessed that company. And I think part of it is because any other CEO is like, you want me to get rid of all that income for a 24 hours. Do you know how much money we're money losing? Yeah. That, and that's like, that's, that's ludicrous. We're never going to do that. And that is such an act of trust. And I think God, I mean, that's just a hot take. That's not in the Bible, but I think yeah. God is like honored Chick-fil-A. Are you trying to get a sponsorship right now? <laughs> this is to go the Chick-fil-A. We you will know take what I mean? a sponsorship. Oh <laughs> Did you say the Chick-fil-A? Yeah, wow. the Chick-fil-A. God's way. So anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. clear. If you're going to make a top 10 list, if you're God, and you go, here's the top 10 rules, and you put in, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath, which is the day a week, keeping it holy. Six days you shall work, and on the seventh, it's a Sabbath to be holy to the Lord, set apart. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son, nor any servants, nor any animals, nor any foreigner in all of your town. So it's not just about rest. It's like, hey, nobody's <laughs> working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You sit down. I picture like a chicken like picking up a stick and zoom. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear. God is not just saying, hey, you know what? And if you can hire some hire somebody else to do the work, keep it going. He's going, no, I mm. want you yeah, to trust good. me yeah. that your provision doesn't come from what you can do, but what I can do for you. But I do think um, Ben Stewart was in town and we were talking before he taught at the porch, killed it at the porch if you hadn't listened to it yet. And uh, Ben's a pastor in, in D.C. and is incredibly gifted and just got to hang and we were catching up before he taught. And he said something really relevant to this. Um, he said, what I think happens in ministry is people run too hard for too long and they break. And he says they break in different ways. They break spiritually, emotionally. Sometimes they break sexually and they have an affair. Sometimes they break literally physically and like a, um, like Ben would say his own story, his body began to break down or Tommy Nelson has shared about his, um, went into depression cause he was running at too high of a pace. And, uh, so I think running at a sustainable rhythm is not just important to God in the old Testament. It's important to all of us. And he was passionate about it. 
Yeah. He was like, every leader that you know and respect, that you're like, man, how do they do it? That motor. He's like, I'm calling bluff. Yeah. He's like, they can't do it. Nobody like, can. Every single person that you admire for their, en- their engine that keeps going, how do they travel all the time? How do they this? How do they that? If they do not take rest seriously, look at all of them. They break. And he just, he like named people that I won't name, but he named people. He was like, break, break this way, break this way. And I loved it. He had the humility enough, like you said, to say, and I broke physically. And now it's a passion point because he don't, he wants to prevent other people from breaking. Yeah. And he was telling us about how like in 2020, everyone else was like, hold on and like do more. We got to save the world. And he was like, I'm not going crazy. And he went on walks every day in the woods by himself. He just told us that he read, he read more books than ever before, put his phone away. And he's like, I'm not going to break again. And he, cause he values rest. Yeah. So, I'm going to be raw for a second because my community basically just had like a come to Jesus moment with me recently where Colby's like, um, gathered a bunch of people and sat, and I was so mad. I was mad, <laughs> but sat everyone in a room and we just like talked about all the things. And I, I love that he like cares. And it was just like, basically what it came down to is everyone's like, just slow down, just slow down. And Colby, slow down and both of you guys just slow down (laughs) and we're Mm -hmm. like no (laughs) yeah and then and then you know so I kind of just took I took a full break from I feel like everything that I was doing and even slowed down a little bit in work because I love to work it's fun I love to build I love to do all that stuff but they they chopped me at my knees and I'm so thankful because now looking back I'm like okay now I can that doesn't mean I have to stop doing everything ever yeah but there may be a season where I I need to like uh, consider how many things I'm taking on and, and all of that. But David, you just recently had something like that too. Yeah. I'd love to ask you, you, um, you know, the other day I, in my review, I was like, Hey, I haven't taken a vacation. Yada, yada, yada. You immediately, before even my official review, you saw that written texting me. I want you to take two weeks before October mandated. Good boss. And the, yeah, yeah. But the reason why Thank is you. I, Thanks, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Such a, such <laughs> such a good, good move. And I, booked my, and I booked my vacation. <laughs> Way to go. Right after. And, I think you you saw that though as such importance because of what you've recently walked through. And tell us about the season before you took a break where what was the enemy and even just yourself and the way that our culture, everything we've talked about, what was what was your mind believing in 2020 in terms of like what what you needed to do like to keep things afloat and to keep everything going and all of that. Yeah, man. I, I think um, I'm trying to think of like what's what would be the most helpful and relevant here. Um, 2020 and and there's um, things that I'm, I'll try to translate and they may not. Um, it was crazy for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But in the church world, it was uh, it was also crazy and interesting here because we had some transitions and staff and pulling back and just different things and. Uh, additional responsibilities distributed to a bunch of different people, that, and uh, some of which, or a decent portion of which, fell on me. And um, I think that you know, as I've talked before, I feel like the spike that I saw was I pulled more away from the thing that I love the most, which is the porch. Pulled into a bunch of other things, and just the grip of control getting tighter around a, a baby that's not my baby. It's not anybody's baby. It's God's baby, and. Um, and so I took a step back, which we talked about a month or two ago on here. And I think um, there's a couple things that I would, that I like keep repeating in my head and have been helpful for me. It's like, dude, everything matters and nothing matters. Everything's important and nothing really matters. 
Um, See you, Ecclesiastes. Yeah, JD just referenced something of like, we were in a unique season and and, uh, a friend of mine was like, dude, our our church is like, save our church. And uh, nobody can save the church. It's already been saved. Jesus saved his church. And um, But like in that moment, that's, I think that's why I'm asking this is because I think a lot of people, we, because of culture, because of like, we naturally take things on us. Yeah. We don't, our first instinct is not to think, trust God, pandemic hits, trust God. We don't think that we, people come to you. They see your leadership. They see your gifts. Our church is drowning. Save our church. Do something. What are you going to do? It's natural for us as humans to go, okay, take on more, take on more, take on more. We don't think I'm going to go to my closet, lay on my back and ask God to come save our church. Yes. Yes. And so it's good. What would you, I think a lot of that. Um, is go ahead. No, I was gonna say I I um I was talking to a friend of mine it, to JP. We're just it's like we're just bringing everybody in. Hopefully, Ben <laughs> and JP don't care. He he basically was like, dude, I'm just telling you. Um, and again, it's not a byproduct of anything other than uh anybody's problem other than our own problems. Anytime there's a problem of pace and all that stuff, like that is uh um there's nobody putting a gun to your head, and if they are. Uh, nothing is worth your sanity. So let them pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, even in telling it, I want to be careful that I'm yeah, not yeah. putting any, shifting anything on anybody but but myself. And I was like, dude, I, I just don't know how, um, you know, I'm trying to figure this out, rhythm and how to run sustainably. And JP was, you know, I think for anybody who's a go-getter and they want to, they love Jesus and it can just mm. be over, you're doing all these awesome competitive, things. Competitive, man. And you're competitive and you're, yeah. but you're also, you're passionate about, yeah. and that passion can make you just love it and you want to do more and, mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out that. And good intentions. Good intentions. That's my point. And I was talking with him about that and, and he had gone through a season where he had taken on too much and he would say like something physically broke in his heart, like his heartbeat. He, he uh, had, um, and he shared that before and I won't go any, any more than that. And he's in a great place one of the best, if not the best leader I know. So there's that on him. And welcome <laughs> to adulting is available. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Outdated and special offer. I asked yeah. him, dude, how, when you have all these things that are getting added on, like, how do you, what do you do? And his answer I thought was really, really good. And I hope it helps somebody out there. He said, you let everyone down. It's like, you just let everybody down and you come to grips with the fact that you're gonna let everybody down. They're going to want more of you. They're going to want you to go to that. And that's where it's applicable. You're going to let your mom down. You're going to let your sister down. You're going to let that friend whose wedding is going on down. You're going to let the person who wants you to come over there and help them move down. And there's times you should go help your friends move. But there's also times where you're like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of drowning and I'm just going to have to say no. And you're not going to understand me. And he was like, we talk about it all the time. Him talking, he was like, leadership is a commitment to being misunderstood. It's just going to happen. And you got to be comfortable just saying, I'm going to let everybody down. Does that make sense? It's yeah. so hard, yeah. Outside of context, that could be confusing, or he's not saying anything. It was really like, you just got to be okay with people wanting more. Yeah. No, I think it makes total sense. You're saying like, hey, you're going to disappoint people because I think that that's, um, for me personally, I'm like, I don't want to. Yes. That's You know, that can be a fear of like, you know, and and sometimes, yeah, you just got to be okay with it. In Mark chapter one, Jesus had just finished healing a bunch of guys and- and he goes away and he breaks away to pray. He spends like early mornings praying. Peter shows up and he's like, Jesus, where you been? Everybody's looking for you. They found out a guy that can heal leprosy. He can make, you know, syphilis go away. He can make sickness that's been here away or, um, you know, whatever disease that has plagued the community. Um, 
That was a random one. But people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're out there with syphilis? Uh, wow. I, diagnosing like that? I think I'm thinking of another one. I think you're thinking of like an Israel City. Yeah, yeah, Ephesus maybe this or something. Anyways, <laughs> if you have syphilis, you can. Jesus pray. is your guy. <laughs> Pointing, but and he says they're all coming up. They want to be healed, and Jesus is like, "Hey, no, we're gonna go on from here, and uh, we're gonna let people down. I'm going yeah. to another town. Yeah, and it's not that I don't love them. It's just like there's there's these priorities, and God has called me to something, and it's gonna involve at times letting people down. That's good, David. Something I wrestle with is like. And JD always asked me, he's like, hey, if Jesus were to come back tomorrow, how would you live your life? And you read about Paul and he's like, hey, I want you to run this race like you're trying to win. How do you battle and how do you sit on the fine line of like, I want to run this race like I'm running for the crown, but also I know how important rest is. And so I always battle that. It's like, hey, gee, if today was your last day, how would you run this race? But then also God is so serious about rest. He's so serious about Jesus was slow. Like Jesus walked very interruptible, very at a calm pace. How do you balance the line of wanting to be ambitious like JP, like that competitor, but also you got to realize I have an emotional tank and a spiritual tank and I got to be very sensitive to how much I do. I think you got to know your gauges. Like the idea of self-care is a worldly term. The Bible doesn't teach that. It teaches soul care. Mm. And I think ultimately like rest, everyone's different. Like the amount of sleep I need, the amount of sleep you need, um, they're going to be relatively close, but they're just different. Like Josiah, bro, he feels like he can run on like- He doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. He can just yeah. go. I'm like- I'm eight. I'm I solid got a discipleship eight. group I at 4 a.m. if anybody wants to join. Solid eight. Yes, I am not that. The cucumbers on my eyes. Yeah, bro. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't have the spirit of God before 6 a.m. No, uh-uh. man. And, um, and just, I just, I feel like you got to know some of yourself and know like your gauges. And, yeah. And there's, it's more of an art than a science. And how am I tending to my soul? And how am I caring for like my personal walk with the Lord? How am I, for me, being, if I'm- if I'm being short with my kids, if I'm being short with my wife, if I feel like yeah. I'm carrying stress. Red flags. Yeah, those are just like, yeah. and there's something. And I could have been getting tons of sleep, but I wasn't soul yeah. care. Rest, I, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if rest is sleep. Yeah. Like yeah. when the Sabbath is like, I don't think it's laying on your couch feet up. You're right. You're just, that uh, doesn't fill your soul. Yes. Yeah. I, and for some people it might. Something that, that I've really been marinating on lately is that not all time is created equal. So as we're even looking at my plate of like what things can go and what things can stay, it really was, you got to consider like what is restful, what is energizing and what is like, if you just leave all of this, it's going to feel like my whole life is a pile of baloney and I hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to your, to your question, Grant, I think when you look at winning athletes, the reason why they're winning athletes is because they took their recovery just as important, if not more important than their race. Yes. Right. And you have, when you're called by God to be in the race, it means you're doing not what you want for God, what God wants for you. And what God wants for you, he's told you, is to rest. So yeah. rest is in the race. Like we, if God's mandated it for your life, let's say today's your Sabbath day and God comes back, he's like, well done. Yeah, totally. You, don't, you can't equate productivity to obedience. Like obedience looks like rest at times. And so if you're resting the day that Jesus comes, He's not being lazy, not being passive, not being ap- apathetic, intentionally Sabbathing, like you're saying, not just sleeping, yeah, yeah, yeah but man. just like, and it might be that day, but I'm just saying, knowing I'm everything I'm doing is because I feel like I'm being obedient to Christ. And so today, God's calling me to Sabbath and not go out and meet people or do whatever. 
he's going to get that's a well done. Yeah. So if say in the realm of athletes, LeBron spends like a million and a half on recovery, which is insane. But what would be some spiritual ice baths? What would be some spiritual uh, get the leg, get heaters on the legs. Like yeah, David, yeah. what do you do? And by the way, does Sabbath have to be on Sunday? Shabbat. I'm watching the chosen. Does it have to be Sunday <laughs> or, or is it, Hey, I work on Sundays. I'm off on Mondays. Go into what your day looks like. And what are some things that are your LeBron's? Here's how my, here's how I ice bath. Yeah. yeah. Here's how I icy hot. Yeah, man. <laughs> Whatever I, you use. <laughs> I, I think one, it's like a, um, it's something. So I'll, I'll share I think anytime you try to legislate or put laws around it, it because it was fulfilled in Christ, it just it's not a one size fits all. You know, even the law that was given as Christ showed up on the scene, and uh, his disciples they were walking through in Mark chapter three, and his disciples were plucking grains off to eat, and the Pharisees were like, "What the heck, man? It's Sabbath. What are they doing?" And he was like, "Dude, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not given, or man was not given for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was was given, excuse me, for man." And so I think every person is different. It really does come down to a soul care. How is my personal time with the Lord going? How am I loving my first ministry for me, which is my family and caring for them? And I just, I don't, um, I don't do a lot that people probably would be, people probably either disagree with or, and it may just be wiring, but. Longboard. I mean, is that. Yeah, yeah, that sure. That could be something that... I'm just saying, list some things for people listening, maybe not even particular to you, but yeah, what yeah. are some examples of what it could look like to godly rest? Like, no, no, but let me finish that sentence. I'm saying uh, in ministry, a lot of people would be like, hey, you need to meet with everybody that wants to meet. I don't meet with people that want to meet. I meet with very, I meet with a, a focused group of those that I'm I'm very focused on. And then if somebody's at the porch, I'm going to meet them and love them. And, but it would kill me if I took every uh, every ass that somebody had uh, I'm not going to take every speaking engagement. I will intentionally make sure that I, I just prioritize family. And so a lot of that comes down to, to prioritizing that. I think you got to know your gauges and what gives you life and what is like, man, this is really rejuvenating for me. So sure. Longboarding, um, Saturdays where I like, I just don't give up weekends and maybe that's just cause family. I just am super protective of that time to be very diligent, to make sure that I'm prioritizing my own personal walk with the Lord, my own relationships with family, and then my community group from there. Those are really the only people I hang out with. And I would, um, and I don't know if, if, um, if that makes sense or is transferable, but I just think you got to know, I'm not going to do everything to all people and be able to do everything. Yeah. Let's all, let's all say really quick. One thing that like in your, when you Sabbath, when you rest, like yeah. what does it look like for you? Uh, for me, I I like to do mindless things. So like, I like to have something I'm doing, but it's mindless. So whether that's journaling, whether that's working on a video, mm-hmm. something that like it's not requiring for a to give to someone as a result or a product. It's just my own personal thing, um, but it's mindless. But I'm I am active, or I'm the exact opposite. I want to lay on my back. Like I want to tan, I want to lay out in the sun, get some vitamin D, or like I want to lay out in the nice, if it's out nice outside or on the couch, I just want to lay there. Um, that's for me. Yeah, rest for me isn't really, um, it changes a little bit, but what it looks like always is this. It's doing just going with the flow. When I don't have to schedule or plan, that's the most restful thing. I, I wish I could live seven days a week like that, but I can't. <laughs> if I lived in Ethiopia, maybe, but you like, I just go with the flow. I'll drive somewhere. I'll, I'll still be active sometimes, but it's like, no, I'm just choosing in the moment. I didn't have to plan yesterday and be 
told, like stuck to a tight schedule, it's like, oh, I feel like going to yoga. Let me see what classes are available. Oh, there's something next door. Ooh, what's this place? Yeah, that's good. Weirdly, um, and phone calls can be like draining for people, but like a Sabbath that I want to incorporate is call old friends or call like an old somebody in my life. And I've just found that that like fills me up. Like on a Saturday, just kind of hop on the ripstick, get outside (laughs) and just call an old coach or an old haven't talked to you in 10 years type of guy. And that can just weirdly fill me up. And I know it sounds exhausting to some people, but that's like kind of been helpful totally, for me. Man. What's a ripstick? You don't know what it it is? is? It's all in the hips. It's kind of a yeah. swivel <laughs> skateboard. It's hard to really. Yeah. Go sports. I, I, think, yeah. I think a couple things come to mind. One, that my wife, I feel like, models for me and has taught me, is like putting my phone away mm-hmm. for hours Huge. and yeah. just saying, hey, I'm just not going to touch this. They'll be okay. And they're going to be okay. Yeah. And just regularly trying to find gaps of multiple hours a week where it's just like, I'm not, cause you can be resting, watching a movie and still just distracted by dumb stuff or focused on work or whatever. So that, um, me and, uh, one of our favorite things right now, cause summer's freaking hot is, uh, we ride around in the golf cart. We have, as you guys know, I may have shared before, like to flip. Biggest golf, golf cart guy. Yeah. Love, no I love golf. Cart. Know. Golf cart so guy. we drive around and we're jamming out there to Mav City coming to Awaken sure. and, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, just playing worship music, driving around the neighborhood with the kids looking for the ice cream truck. Um, love that. but I, I think really the biggest thing I would say is prioritizing knowing your rhythms. Soul care is not saying, Hey, every Sunday I'm going to institute some law. If that works for you, do that. But knowing, Hey, I'm intentionally slowing down, spending time in prayer, being reminded to be dependent on the Lord. Yeah. And so just to like put a bow on this, I think, you know, Jesus said, come to me all who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest. And the the culture tells us today, and I think we project this onto our view of God, is we believe that we have to operate in a performance-based acceptance mentality. The more I perform, the more I'm wildly liked, accepted, promoted, and loved. And Jesus came in and flipped all of that upside down. And the gospel is an acceptance-based performance where you don't have to perform. You have all you need. Every bit of rest you need is in Jesus. And so... If you're someone that you believe, I have to go, go, go to get approval from people, you have all you need in Jesus, so you don't have to go um, because he went for you on the cross. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. And like we said in there, we hope that you are taking your rest and your Sabbath seriously because it's clearly something that God takes seriously. And as a reminder, as you're resting by the poolside, you can grab a copy of DMARV's book, out. We're all freaking out wherever books are sold. Get you one if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.